Podcasts from the Cat. Voices and sounds from Crew and Nantwich. You're listening to Business Brunch and today we're talking to two directors of a spirits production company run by husband and wife Paul and Debbie and their daughter Holly. The company was established in 2019 and over the past three years they've won a plethora of awards including their most recent which is Emerging Family Business category at the Northwest Family Business Awards. We're really pleased to welcome Today's two guests, Holly Challoner and Paul Challoner, her father. Hello. Good morning. Hi, Des. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And thank you for coming into the studio today. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. So before we start, Paul, um, we played uh, U2, Where the Streets Have No Name, uh, to introduce the show. Tell us uh, more about this choice. Well, they're, they're a band I first saw back in... Uh, the early 80s, 1980s, um, in Brighton, and literally there was, uh, you know, you, you could almost touch the band members from where, where we were standing. And then the second time I saw them was when they'd really broken through, and uh, I was at the NEC and right at the back, and he, you could hardly see them on stage. So they've been a band that I've sort of followed uh, from afar, so to speak. And uh, the the beauty of this song is it starts really quietly and just builds up and builds up and builds up to a fantastic crescendo and that's a bit like the development of the of the gin in the early stages <laughs> interesting comparison and i understand that uh, we need to wish you a happy birthday today you're, you're 21 again on, yeah it's very kind of you thank you very much indeed for all your good wishes <laughs> <laughs> ollie you you launched cheshire botanicals in 2019 but prior to that you were busy getting a degree and then went on to complete your master's whilst working in the hospitality sector. So tell us about your qualifications and why you decided to start a business with your parents in, instead of choosing employment. So I studied at Falmouth University um, and I studied photography at bachelor's degree level um, and then I went on to do my professional writing master's. Um, and when I came home, I did a bit of employment work. And then in 2019, I just decided to start setting up Cheshire Botanicals on a sort of, oh, what if we did this idea? Um, and then lockdown hit the next year and it was now or never to try and launch the gin. So that's how it came to be, really. So, so you've neatly um, compressed five years education there into about 30 seconds. Sorry. So... <laughs> Tell us, tell us a little more about when you graduated and when you did your, your master's. What kind of skill set did you have when you came out of that? It was, it was varied because um, although the two subjects are quite different, they do um, go hand in hand. So while studying um, in the little spare time I had, I was writing articles for the university's English department and they were being published online. So in terms of skills, I was... I guess I was just I was I was just learning the basics of marketing I think um and then it naturally sort of progressed onto Cheshire Botanicals and you were working in hospitality as well did that have any influence uh, on on why you went down that route I I suppose so yeah you were presumably front of house were you um yeah so yeah in, in hospitality I was front of house for a big restaurant chain um, 
and then also I did a bit of work in retail, which um, gave me the skill set to speak to customers and help them out as best I can, really. Paul, did, did you have something in mind whilst uh, Holly was at university? Was there something brewing, if you like, if you don't mind the pun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think my, my background is, is more in um, the science side of things, so uh, consultancy in uh, horticulture and uh, the science that goes with it. So I've always been uh, able to give advice to farmers and growers on intensification of uh, crop production. So that's gone from growing crops outside to growing them under polythene tunnels, glass houses, and then latterly uh, more building type structures where we're bringing uh, LED lights into the equation and uh, growing crops in, in those very intensive conditions under under a building or under the ground or on top of a, a building itself. Yeah. So all of that, in terms of botanicals, um, my, my background is really growing plants and how to get the best out of them and how to influence the compounds that the plants are producing. So a sort of offshoot of that is really how do you then capture those plants uh, chemicals and products into the production of a, a, a beverage or a liquid like a gin that you can then um, sell on. And the whole family's involved, your mum's involved as well, and she she's a full-time nurse. She's been in nursing all her life. Um, yeah, she's a, a matron at one of the local hospitals. How does she t- find time to, to have any input? Well, after work every day, she's out doing deliveries with us and um, socialising with with customers at events, and I think she absolutely loves it. Yes, she does. She's very very good at the, being the face of the the company. Yeah. And just to take you back a little ways, um, what what made you decide when you decided to go into business? Had you already had in mind that you were going to start making gin? I think we'd always been interested in the concept of of making a gin and we were very conscious that there's a lot of gins out there and we thought, you know, to use another pun, that the market was very saturated. (laughs) So we we thought, well, there's a window of opportunity because of the link with Nantwich and because that had not been taken up by anyone else at the time, we thought we could incorporate the historical aspects of Nantwich, bring in the plant knowledge that we have, and make a, a, a drink from there based on gin. And we'd start with that and see how that was taken up. And luckily, you know, we, we've had a very good following. So in regard to the business, Holly, you were thrown out the deep end. What, what further skills have you developed since the launch of the company? Well, I've, I've definitely learned how to distill. Um, I'm self-taught. I've, I've done a few courses online um, and I've read an awful lot over lockdown. So... I taught myself to distill and it was it was very much um, trial and error to begin with so it was it was definitely learning on the job and apart from that it's um, just everything involved with running a business that they don't teach you in school and university. So you, you had come to the table with some marketing skills? Yeah I'd, I'd hope so. <laughs> yeah no I'd, I'd say so yeah. And so, and in addition to the marketing skills, did you start looking at um, the the financial side of running your business? Or uh, is... yeah, that was that was very much learning on the job as well. And that it was good to have uh, my parents as a sort of go to help source. <laughs>
Uh, Holly, creating a successful artisan gin is clearly a complex procedure as uh, your chosen range of botanicals will all generate quite different flavours. So talk us through the process and explain what criteria you use to, to choose a winning blend. Okay, so so when we started thinking about creating Nantwich gin, we, we wanted it to be a classically juniper-led gin. Um because juniper is the key ingredient in gin. So you've got juniper, angelica root and coriander seeds um, that uh, that make up the golden trio of a, a gin base. Um, so amongst that, we wanted it to be really punchy with the florals to reflect the personality of Nantwich because personally, when, when I was younger, I remember walking through the town and seeing Nantwich in bloom borders absolutely everywhere. So I thought... It's got to be floral based. Um, and then we looked at some some spice. So we brought in some pink peppercorns and some cardamom pods uh, because we wanted this gin to be really punchy and memorable and really flavoursome. I, I can see where you're coming from with all the ingredients and the, the fact that behind that you had a reasoning for the botanicals you used. But who makes the decision that it's a winning blend? That's that's why we entered it into a lot of gin competitions because you get really valuable feedback from industry professionals. So I guess it was a lot of trial and error um, to create the perfect recipe and we were going off of what we'd like from a gin. Um, and also we, we, um, we worked with a few focus groups as well and asked them what they thought and um, they gave us feedback. Okay, so before we, we move away from that then, the, the, the business model you chose to begin with was not to be a distiller. Why was that? Well, I, I think that the main, the main reason is because uh, we, we had to bring this product out very quickly once uh, Holly had finalised the recipe. And because we were approaching Christmas 2020, we wanted to be able to bulk up very quickly and we didn't have the equipment to do that. We only had the trial still. So that's why we outsourced to start with, to allow us to get sufficient product to market it uh, ready for Christmas 2020. In that respect, you're, you're very much dependent upon a third party for your standards, your quality. You, you were obviously comfortable with the supplier you chose. Yeah, we were, we were very lucky to find the supplier and we've worked extremely closely with them to develop this uh, and we don't want to take our eye off the ball in terms of quality because that's what we become known for, the quality of the product. Well clearly uh, it's hit the mark because, uh, and you must be really pleased with the current level of growth, uh, as you have customers throughout the UK, across the pond in Florida and further afield in Australia. So share with us how you reach out to new customers and how you generate referrals. A lot of it is based online. So when we first launched, it was in the midst of lockdown. So a lot of our communication was completely um, B2C online. Um, so we do regular newsletters that go out. Um, our social media is a really big influence for us as well. Um, and then there's word of mouth as well that, that travels quite far. You've obviously got the mix right and you've, you've started selling it. So do you keep in touch with your customers to, to, to um, see if you can generate referrals in that respect? Um, I definitely try to, yeah. Um, the, customer, the customer base is, is growing. 
quite rapidly. So a newsletter is the best way that I can reach out to them. However, there are some that are, that do keep in touch. Um, we're part of a group called Sip and Share, which is also run by um, a local called Kate Carney. And all the members of that group are, are really, really close with one another. Um, and the distillers that get involved as well. Um, so in terms of getting feedback on the gin and keeping in touch really closely with them, that is a group of customers that we, yeah, we're, we're quite close with. And why do you think you've, you've also managed to re, uh, reach an overseas market? We don't export yet. Um, however, there, there are people who have families abroad um, and they have managed to take Nantwich gin out there. So we, we have um, received really, really nice pictures back of, of Nantwich gin abroad um, in a pool in Florida and things like that. <laughs> so it's, it's been really great. Um, we're really hoping to export in the future, though. It's definitely something we're looking at. And if you were to, to stand back and, and look at the business uh, and the product, why do you think your customers choose Cheshire Botanicals above all the competition? Well, with competition, I think there's plenty of room in the market, but I'm hoping that customers keep coming back to us because of the stories that we tell within our spirits. Um, because every product to us have, has to have a meaning. So, for example, our um, our original gin is based around John Gerard and the history of Nantwich. Um, he was a herbalist in the 1500s to 1600s. And he, it was rumoured that he was a royal herbalist to James I as well. Yeah, and our future gins that are coming out shortly also have stories behind them with local significance. So I, I hope it's that and I hope it's the quality of the gin as well because we we definitely don't compromise on quality at all are you getting repeat business from customers yeah yeah so clearly they're happy with what they've bought good, good. <laughs> and and they're buying into the stories as well which is really interesting yeah that's a neat piece of marketing thank you <laughs> and i think it, it's also important to look at things like the label because a lot of people choose with their eyes before they actually try the product and you know we wanted our label to be different and to stand out on the shelf. Same with the choice of the, the original bottle design. And we've uh, worked very closely with a, a local artist, Yuri Borski, um, who, well, actually, we've been collecting his paintings for quite a while. We've got a great relationship with him, and he came up with the idea for the original design, and we we built on that. So, again, we wanted to keep that local flavour to it, as well as building a, a really good flavour profile in the gin itself. You're listening to a podcast from The Cat. Uh, now, Holly, you've invested in your own still and uh, you're now growing your own botanicals as well using a vertical farming setup. So perhaps I should be directing this question to your dad who, uh, give us an indication of why you chose vertical farming and, and what's involved. Yeah, well, that, that links back to my uh, consultancy activities um, and growing plants intensively as i mentioned before we you know we've been looking at um, growing plants under polythene tunnels glass houses and more recently the vertical farm itself which is usually growing uh, plants in a in a space inside a building uh, where we're providing all the light via leds instead of natural light directly and that way you can uh, grow plants out of season so we can grow something all year round and we can 
control the quality uh, to a very fine point so that we're reducing contamination on the product right down to a minimum. And uh, we're, you know, in, in effect, growing a, a product that's consistent 24-7 all the way through the year. So w we wanted to use those techniques to be able to grow some of the botanicals all the year round so, so that we didn't have to look for alternative supplies if there was a problem with bringing uh, materials into the country so that we could grow things um, more naturally at home, so to speak, and then either dry them or use them fresh in the gin, which would give us another angle in terms of the flavour profiles that we'd be able to achieve. And also, from a marketing perspective, it's nice to be able to talk knowledgeably about, about the botanicals and the fact that you're actually growing them in-house. Yeah, we, we don't grow them all in-house, I have to make that point, but we are growing more and more of them and looking at different types of plant that we could possibly use in future products. Uh, and, it's, you know, I love plants, so it's, it's easy for me to sort of look at the different ranges of plants and then see if they're suitable for growing inside a structure using LEDs instead of natural light so that we get that supply uh, through the year. So if you wanted to test a new taste for instance, would you choose to grow to grow those botanicals yourself? Or? Yeah, exactly. And I'll give you one example. We, we use uh, lemon thyme in the gin, the original gin, which for us replaces the citrus component uh, within the gin itself. So we've got that lovely balance between a sort of savoury herbal flavour and the, uh, the citrus itself coming from the, the lemon thyme. And we know we can grow that all the time under under lights we can grow it outside as well yes but we can grow it through the year uh, under protection using uh, leds uh, and just to take the, this the still a little bit further you, you've invested in this still now this small still um are you all fighting for for the right to use it to be the first to use it or uh, no, have, mine. have you all got an understanding <laughs> of how it works <laughs> There's a protection zone around it and there's hollies. <laughs> Fair enough. So so have you mastered the art of distilling it? Oh, definitely not. No, I'm I'm learning every single day. Um, there are mas master distillers out there um, who have years of experience. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just learning every day. But a nice new skill for you. Yeah. It's definitely something I'd, I'd like to develop in the future and definitely... And want to do more courses and okay like well as as i mentioned in the introduction that uh, you've you've won an awful lot of awards a considerable number of awards and it's culminated in you winning the emerging family business category at the northwest family business awards so talk us through the awards that you've won and uh, and why you feel they're important to the business um so most of the awards we've won are for our original gin. And like I mentioned previously, getting feedback from industry professionals and the judges um, is really integral to future development. Um, so that's why we entered so many. So our first ever one that we got about a year ago was a silver at the London Spirits Competition for Nantwich Gin, which was fantastic. And that day was, was great when we found out the result. We also got highly commended at the Gin, Guides, Gin Guide Awards in 2021 um, and then topped the year off with a gold medal from the 
Spirits Business Gin Masters. And then this year for our matron strength, which is a navy strength gin at 57% ABV. Quite high. That's very strong. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just been awarded a gold medal at the Gin Guide Awards. Um, and we're awaiting feedback on that. And it'll be really interesting to see what the judges said when they tasted it. Is that a first on the market then, would you say? At that strength? Uh, no, navy strength is a common category. But um, I think it's muted by a lot of other gins and flavoured gins because um, I think you've got to be a real gin lover to really appreciate yeah. the APV. And why do you feel that they're, they're an important part of, of a growing business, um, these awards? There's, there's definitely an element of um, exposure there because I guess because we're still in our second year of trading, we're, we're still quite young. Um, getting the word out about our business is really important still at this stage. So um, the exposure and it's it's also, especially with the Family Business Awards, it was kind of a nod to us that we're doing something right. Yeah, and it, it's a, an extremely competitive space. So it just gives us the opportunity to see where we are and, you know, how we're, how we're standing and what we need to change to uh, to improve on the next launch. Yeah. And looks good on the website, I'm sure, and on your letterhead. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's also very important. <laughs> it does look good, so yes. Yeah. Now, Holly, you're you're working uh, with a local farm shop to to help raise money for Nantwich District Nurses, and you're also involved in other fundraising events. So, share with us how you re- how you're raising money for our nurses, and and what other events you have planned as uh, normality resumes. Uh, so, one of our next events, we're working with Cheerbrook Farm Shop. Um, and they are the ones that are raising an incredible amount for district nurses. Um, so we're going to be at their boozy barbecue on, is it the 24th of June? 24th, yeah. On the 24th of June. And um, we're going to be offering cocktails there. Um, and hopefully a lot of money r- will be raised that evening. Uh, we've also got other events on. So we're, we're going to be working with um, a refurbished steamship, the Daniel Adamson. Um, offering gin cruises, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and we're also going to be at local events such as the Cheshire Show. We're going to be working with Cheshire Life um, and also hopefully Nantwich Show as well and Food Fest in the future. Now, all this fundraising that goes on by businesses is is invaluable. I mean, you, uh, you can't overstate just how important it is to to uh, the people that are receiving these funds. So why did you choose um, Nantwich District Nurses? Uh, well, it, it's um, Cheerbrook Farm Shop that's um, chosen them because I think they've got their own personal story based around that. Um, but it links in nicely with um, Debbie being a matron. Um, so we're definitely in, in support of raising money for nurses, 100%. Fantastic. Okay, uh, you've all done a sterling job bringing the business to its current level of growth. So without giving away too many state secrets, tell us what you've got planned to take the business to the next level. Uh, So we've got plenty of future ideas for brand new flavours and products, but I can definitely announce it now, can't I? Yeah, I think you should. (laughs) Um, I can say that we are bringing out out a pink gin, uh, which will hopefully be available within the next couple of weeks. So that's our next step. So that's a first on the cat. Yeah. Nobody else knows about it. Um, oh, well, they do now. 
Well, we've, we've hinted about it online. We've hinted about it, and um, but we've we've not actually announced it properly. So, yeah, we are bringing out a pink gin in the next couple of weeks. You've you've been teasing people, haven't you? Really, uh-huh. because in all the social media posts that Holly does, I'm sure she won't mind me saying you've been putting sort of flashes of um, the new bottle and the and the label and the colour itself, just to sort of tease people that there's something coming and a few have caught on um, but it's just been a, a really interesting exercise to try and get that message out there without actually saying what it is <laughs> it's very, well it's very clever marketing that Thank to you. tease the listener um, and you mentioned the new bottle now that um, in some respects was forced upon you wasn't it but didn't you have to change the bottle because of um, the pandemic and brexit yeah, so unfortunately, supply has been affected and um, we're really gutted by this, but we are having to change our bottle shape. Um, the new bottle, though, we spent months looking for the right one and we finally came across something that fits our label and still resembles Nantwich and um, offers a, a high quality alternative to the old bottle. So, yeah, we, we are completely gutted, but the new one is really nice and we hope that everybody likes it. And you've also spoke um, about, or you did uh, mention to me that uh, you were thinking of bringing the distilling in-house eventually so that you would be doing it all. That's quite a big move, isn't it? Yeah, that that's um, definitely a, a plan for the future. Um, there's just a, a lot to <laughs> sort out first, isn't there? Yeah, there's, there's a lot to do. Um, and obviously we want to maintain that momentum that we've we've created with the uh, production of the gin and new gins coming out, maintaining the quality and then as conditions allow, shall we say, uh, then bring more of it home so that we can have control over all parts of the process. Well, it's uh, very exciting times for you, I'm sure. And I do thank you so much for joining us today and explaining some of the, the reasons why Cheshire Botanicals has won so many awards in such a short space of time. But before we finish... Please tell our listeners where they can find more information about Cheshire Botanicals Limited. Um, So you can head to our website, which is www.cheshirebotanicals.co.uk, or you can check out our social media pages, which is at Cheshire Botanicals, or on Twitter, it's at Chesh Botanicals, because the tagline was too short. (laughs) (laughs) Holly and Paul, thank you so much for coming into the cap today. Thank you, Des. It's been a really great opportunity. Thank you. Go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen.